A guy named Nicodemus came to Jesus when? At night. Why did he come at night? He didn't want anybody to see him, right? He didn't want anybody to know that he was coming to Jesus. And he recognized something about Jesus. He recognized that you're a teacher. You must be a teacher come from God. Why? Because you do signs that nobody can do unless God is with him. You're a teacher from God, and you're doing miracles that nobody can do unless God is with him. That's, that's the conclusion. That's what Nicodemus has arrived at, the truth about Jesus. That's what he thinks. You have to be from God because nobody else can do the things that you're doing. Tuck that away for our sermon later. Jesus gave him a, a, maybe a surprising answer. Didn't give him a new teaching per se, but said there's one thing you have to do if you want to see the kingdom of God. So can any of you young people tell me, you must be what? What does it say? Born again. Raise your hand, children and adults, if you've been born. If you've been born, would you raise your hand? Were you hatched, Jeffrey? What? You can put your hands down. I wouldn't say put your hands up if I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. All right, all of you have been born, but Nicodemus was confused by that. Because I don't know how old Nicodemus was, but he was probably middle-aged or, or older, certainly not a child, and he doesn't know how he's going to be born again. Because how is he going to go back into his mother's tummy and come back out? That just does not make sense to him. And what he's missing is that Jesus doesn't mean that you're going to be born again the way you were born the first time, because born again means born from above, born of heaven, born of the Spirit. So this is a spiritual kind of birth. All of us in the room were born physically. You came from your mama. But perhaps not everybody in the room has been born spiritually, born from above. And that's what Jesus said you have to do. You must do if you're going to see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. And they had that conversation about, well, what does that mean? He says, you have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born from above. But what I noticed as I was reading this, choosing it for our scripture reading this week, there's a word that keeps getting repeated in the second half of this over and over. I underlined it if you happen to be looking at the screen earlier. What was what that word? Did anybody catch it? Yes, Madison. Believe. How many times does he say believe? I didn't actually count them, but it's a bunch. He starts off in verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And skipping a few more verses, verse 15. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If, if you want to track that down on your own later, he's saying Moses lift, lifted up a serpent in the wilderness. You can read that story. I think it's in Numbers. There should be a cross-reference if you have a study Bible there. He's saying the Son of Man is going to be lifted up. What does that mean? Who's the Son of Man? Jesus. What does it mean for the Son of Man, Jesus, to be lifted up? He's going to die on the cross. That's how he's going to be lifted up. So it says, verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be crucified, lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. If we want to have eternal life in heaven with God, what do we need to believe? We need to believe in the Son who was crucified, who was lifted up for us. And then we have verse 16. And what does verse 16 say? It's a verse you know so well. God loved the world so much, he sent his only son that whoever what? Believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Are you seeing a pattern here? There's this contrast between perish, eternal death, and having everlasting life, eternal life with God in heaven. 
this contrast. And what is the difference between those two things? Believe. That's the difference. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How? Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Please get that fixed in your mind. We're going to talk about belief in our passage in Mark today. What is the difference between an eternal destination of hell and an eternal destination of heaven? Belief in the Son. Belief in Jesus. Belief in the crucified Lord. It matters. There's nothing more important we could talk about this morning. Believing. How are you born again? How do you get everlasting life, eternal life? Believing. Well, just believing there's a God? No. Just believing Jesus existed, that he was a good teacher? No. Believing that Jesus is the Savior of the world. He came and died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin so that by believing in him, we would have eternal life with him. Based on what? Based on the fact that he didn't stay dead. He rose again. And all that fits together, that we would believe and that we would be born again. One more question. Was Nicodemus automatically born again? He got to talk with Jesus in person. Did that mean that he was born again? You're shaking your heads. Why not? What did he need to do? What? This is not a trick question. What have we been talking about for five minutes, people? Believe. He had to believe. He had to believe. It's not enough for your mama, your grandma, your brother. You have to believe. And Nicodemus had to believe. Put his faith in the Son of God.